This is 3 and 5 on SLC Management Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Steve Peacher, president of SLC Management. Thanks for dialing in. Today, I'm really glad to be with Heather Wolf. Heather is a senior managing director at SLC Management and head of our Canadian business development efforts. So, Heather, I know you're very busy, so thanks for taking a couple of minutes. Oh, thanks for having me, Steve. I'm happy to be here. So in addition to her day job, Heather agreed a couple, maybe a year and a half ago to head an organization that we want to start that we now call Allies Acting for Change. And that's what we want to talk about today. So Heather, can you tell us what Allies Acting for Change is and why was it something that you were willing to get involved in when we first talked about it? I sure can. I could talk about this for hours. So Allies Acting for Change is SLC Management's DE&I committee. It's a group of employees from our business, and we make recommendations to our senior leadership team about actions to take to improve DEI at SLC. We lead some of these initiatives from our group, and sometimes other groups like HR lead the initiatives. When I think about why I got involved, as you mentioned, you, you asked me about this about a year and a half ago, there were, there were two main reasons for me, passion and the possibility for positive change. So if I take passion first, DE&I is something that I feel passionate about. And that passion, like most of us, it comes from my own experience. So as an actuary, where I was a woman in a field of men, I saw junior women and people from different backgrounds joining the field and feeling defined by their technical skills only and being afraid to try new things. And then also as an investment professional, where I'm often the only woman in the room. So I spent a large part of my career feeling like I needed to hide some of the things about me, particularly anything to do with emotions. And I really feel a passion to help people who felt like I did to feel more comfortable, more confident being themselves. So that's the passion piece. On the possibility of positive change piece, I think I feel like this is something that I can help improve. It's a hot topic in the world today, so there's lots of momentum for change. It's a key priority for SLC management as a business. As we grow, we build our firm and our culture. And we know that having a more diverse group helps everyone. It helps our employees, it helps our clients, and it helps our business overall. So I feel like I bring a diverse viewpoint and I can help drive positive change and real results, particularly in this traditionally all-male world of investments. So passion and the possibility of positive change, Steve. Allies Acting for Change in the last year and a half has done a lot. You've engaged a lot of people. You know, you've done a number of different things. If you look back on what's been done so far, uh, and maybe also just drawing on your own personal experience, as you were talking about, what is the biggest, I'll call it DE&I learning so far that you've had, either from the committee or from, again, your own personal experience? It's hard to separate the committee and my own personal experience, as you point out, because they all kind of mush together. We're all learning together and reading and talking to people, and it's been a great experience. So I think for me, the big learning is that an inclusive culture is at the heart of everything. And what's so surprising to me is that it's not about big gestures. I've learned that inclusion happens one person and one interaction at a time. It's all about the small connections we make every day to listen, to share an experience, to work on a project together, or even just to chat with someone casually over coffee. And I think what we know is inclusion empowers people, helps them believe in themselves, helps them speak up more and take action. And that helps us as a firm build a more inclusive culture, which then attracts more people from diverse backgrounds. Um, in fact, I don't, I don't believe we can become more diverse without first being more inclusive. So big learning for me is inclusion's at the heart of everything and it happens one small interaction at a time. And then when I think about myself and those of us in leadership roles, I'd say those of us with privilege, especially white privilege, can make a huge impact on inclusion. It's all about taking the time to make connections with people who are different from us. 
So that's my big learning that I've taken. And it resonates with me as a person who likes making connections and, and feels that the connections I have with the people I work with make a huge difference to how I feel. Well, it's interesting, you know, as an organization, you want to have big initiatives in this area, but then your comment, which resonates with me is this is really built one interaction at a time. So big initiatives are great, but then it's, it's this one-on-one interaction that spreads. So with that as context, if you, given your views, given what you hear from our colleagues and allies acting for change, if you had to say if the one thing is that we could do as an organization or maybe individually to really do a better job to improve diversity inclusion across our organization, is, is there one thing that stands out to you that maybe a recommendation to me, but what, what, what's the <laughs> one thing? Yeah, in public too, no less, Steve. <laughs> um, it's a tough question to answer because there's so many things that I want us to do. And my brain goes to two places. I want people to speak up more when they see something that makes them uncomfortable. But I, I think that's a common answer. I think I'd like to go with something that I think is a less common answer and it's maybe harder to do. I want every person to show their vulnerability to others, even if they don't know them that well. It makes it okay to be human. And I think it's especially important for anyone who's a leader. If we set the example that it's okay not to be perfect, it's okay to have a life that's messy, you know, emotions at work, things going on that we're trying to juggle and, and not always doing it perfectly. I think that opens the door for people to feel comfortable being themselves with all their, their imperfections. I think that's what we want. We want to feel like we're getting the value of all the diverse people that we have to bring their whole selves to work and to bring all their creativity and all their ideas. And we can only do that if we truly feel we can show up as ourselves. So I think I would say it's about being brave and choosing authenticity and all those gifts of our own imperfections, vulnerability, courage, empathy, all that. So I, I would encourage all of our leaders to be vulnerable with the people that you're having these connections with, share a challenge, share an experience, share a struggle, and make it okay not to be perfect. Well, I think what you're talking about is, you know, those that's, that's a cultural aspect of an organization. And for sure, you know, you you can't just have an initiative to say, well, we're going to change our culture. It has to happen bottom up. And, and so, but if you can achieve that kind of culture, creates a strong organization and diversity just in thought and then and people thinking as part of a company that they have stronger binds, I guess, if they can be honest with each other. Final question, somewhat related actually to this. And one of the things that you've been involved in as part of this effort is to, and our organization, like other organizations, is hopefully about to kind of re-engage at the office level. That's where things seem to be going in an uncertain environment related to the pandemic. And you've been involved in a lot of feedback sessions, engagement sessions with our employee base in terms of people's attitudes around that and how they want to come back to work. And I think every organization's wrestling with this. And I know you have strong feelings about it personally. What are some of the things, if you were to summarize some of the big messages that you feel like characterize the viewpoints within our organization as people are thinking about going from the, the new normal, which is being more work from home, virtual, et cetera, maybe back a changed environment, but maybe not the way we used to be. What are some things that you've taken away from those, uh, those engagement sessions and listening sessions? It's been such an interesting experience because so much has changed for all of us. It's been two, two years, coming up to two years now that we've all been working differently. And so I think when I talk to people and when I think about my own experience, there's a much greater need for flexibility. People have some fear about whether they can come back to work and feel okay and, and take care of their home responsibilities. 
we talk about the silver linings of COVID. So many of us felt that the opportunity to work from home full-time, while difficult on many fronts, brought us closer to our families, allowed us to build new exercise routines, do more home cooking. I know that for me, I have a morning exercise routine that I do three mornings a week in my, my basement gym that I wasn't able to do when I was commuting into the office. I see my kids more. They pop in at you know 3.05 every day. So anybody who's on a call with me at three o'clock will see my kids come in, give me a hug, say hello. I have a cat who's a frequent visitor on Zoom calls that's well known now. So I think there's some fear that we won't be able to preserve those life and family benefits that came from COVID. But there's also excitement about the idea that we can leave our homes. We don't have to feel anxious. We can, we can meet people. We can build new relationships. We can go have coffee with people or lunch or a drink or whatever. I, I think there's a lot of excitement. So it's that combination of fear and excitement and people want flexibility. And I think the final thing I would say about this, Steve, is I think there's a real worry about the hybrid model. And while it seems to be the answer, some days in the office, some days at home, there's worry that there will be a haves and a have-nots culture. If you're the people who are in the office more, you will have more opportunities. You will be viewed better. If you're the person that's at home more, for whatever reason, you know, we might forget that you can still work just as hard, be just as productive, and still build and deepen relationships from home. I think it's going to be a bit of test and learn. We've talked about that a lot as a group. How do we test it out, get feedback, learn, pivot? I think we're going to do well there. Well, I, I agree. I think all organizations are going to be in a iterative learning mode now for months as they kind of see how people react to a new environment and what works and what doesn't work. So listen, Heather, thanks a lot for that. that really interesting. Thanks for taking the time. And thanks to everybody who listened to this episode of 3 and 5. Thanks, Steve. 